Connecting you to the future of the internet. internet. It's Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis. to show number 175 of the one and only social media, internet and tech show on New Zealand Radio Sunday Social. I'm Vaughan Davis with you right through to 8 o'clock. As always, I would love, love, love you to be part of the show. Text me 3920 keyword live or tweet me at Vaughan Davis and that'll pop up right here on one of the many screens in front of me. We've got a cracker of a show, I promise you, as that nature is coming down in buckets over large parts of New Zealand. After, to be fair, an unforecastedly, hmm, is that a word? Is now, I'm on the radio. Unforecastedly nice weekend. Hope you enjoyed it and I hope you're all snug as a bug inside, especially my mother, my mother who finds herself snug as a bug in a hut hospital. So uh, best wishes down there. Later, Mr. Paul Brislin joins us um, with a tale of digital woe. A tale of digital, a mea culpa, perhaps. A digital mea culpa about uh, email passwords. Uh, he's got the uh, the latest rumours on the iPhone 8, if you're, uh, if you're at home to that. And uh, pies. I like them. You like them. What's that got to do with the internet? First, though... On Sunday Social is a well-known springboard for political career success. Nikki Kay, now Minister of Education, was once a lowly electorate MP. Helen Clark, well, when we spoke to her, she was doing some rubbish at the UN and now she's a movie star. And since appearing on the show, Jacinda Ardern has been catapulted from MP for Auckland Central to Deputy Leader of the Labour Party. You can thank me later, but Jacinda Ardern, welcome to the show. I'm actually, I've come here to thank you. You've come. Um, <laughs> well, that won't take 20 minutes. Now, you're going to get in trouble if I don't say... I actually, I'm the MP for Mount Albert. You as are also to Central. No, but you were a list MP. Yeah. Oh, yes. that's that's true. That's you don't true. want Nikki coming in correcting oh, you on that, that was, one. That was the confusion. I you always see? tried to pretend that I was. Yeah, but yeah. I can honestly say now I wasn't. Labour list MP <laughs> based in Auckland Central yeah, or some I such. Yeah, I mean people may words. find it interesting, but um, there's actually rules around this. The speaker, we have to apply to the speaker for the way that we describe ourselves. So I had to write him a letter and say I would like to call myself that. the Labour MP based in and he had to approve it. So there well, you go. There you go. Uh, you, I, go. I, you should be in advertising. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's just it's just weeks out from the election. It's one of those ones that's kind of snuck up on us, I think, because we've been we've been obsessed with, you know, overseas politics in particular. Yeah. In the meantime, New Zealand politics have still been happening and, you know, Parliament's about to, to wind up for the year and it's about to it's about to all crack on. So what's what's occupying you? What's filling your days right now? Do you know, that's so interesting you raise that. I still and so at the moment I've got a a run of um political forums really. So I've I had 
Child Poverty Action Group last night. I've got Just Speak a Criminal Justice Forum tonight. Um, Young Professionals Group earlier in the week. Actually, still international politics comes up often in, in those forums as well. So I find that really interesting that somehow Trump has become a catalyst for um, people's engagement in a domestic election, um, which is, you know, if I'm going to try and find one silver lining out of that situation, perhaps... Maybe it's ac- activating some of us politically the, the, who, who weren't before. Maybe. But, but then do we just lump it in in our heads with, oh, you know, Trump, um, House of Cards, West Wing, it's just stuff that happens in America. It's interesting, but the, the, the line between being interested and being active here isn't necessarily drawn. Yeah, I, I that, that may well be true, but the questions that I've had, and these sometimes, keep in mind, sometimes these are in school assemblies, um, are things like, what do you think of him, and do you think that could happen here, and why did it happen? You know, people seem to be genuinely interested in what motive, what motivated people to vote that way, because from where we're sitting, it seems like it was a crazy outcome. So having us reflect on whether or not there's an environment in New Zealand where a similar movement could ever um, successfully take off is the kind of, we need to think about that. What What is it that led to people feeling so disenfranchised? And that's a relevant question. Well, that, that it's a question too that relates to social media, which is, you know, mm. ostensibly the topic of the show. And the, the way that both in the UK for Brexit and in the US for Trump, the, the, the social media crowd, if you like, the Twitterati, and by, and by extension, the mainstream media, were both taken by surprise. Yes. Yet, yet the, the, the average Joe, Joe Sixpack, as they call them in the States, mm. the average voter, you know, it, was, it was entirely predictable in both cases. Mm. There's, mm. There's, you must have thought about and, and spoken about internally this disconnect, right? Yeah, and I think probably less so for us about what people may have um, thought might happen uh, in social media conversation and more about you know, we've been reliant um, globally on polls being at least indicative of what might happen and how how could they have got that so wrong. Now, pollsters have their own theory on why they got it wrong that they think makes it completely plausible. Um, but we've always been aware, I think, that when it comes to things like social media and a conversation about politics there, that you've always got to be careful about the audience that making an assumption that that audience is is uh, an indication of what the wider public are thinking. Because you, you obviously, people who choose to follow you either fall into the category of somewhat agreeing with what you're saying, agreeing absolutely with what you're saying, or hating everything that comes out of your mouth. And so yep. it's quite a polarised so perspective. It, it, it's by no means representative. And, no. and I remember very, very clearly at the last New Zealand general election, a bunch of my you know friends on, on Facebook, and I guess this indicates so I, I lean towards the liberal end of things, being genuinely surprised that, you know, National and John Key returned to power, yeah. which... which Shouldn't really have been surprising yeah. to the extent that they thought this this must be a, this must be a setup. This is yes. rigged. What's going on? <laughs> well, what's going on is you're hanging out with people like you yourself yep. Yep. On, on social media. Yeah, and look, long before I really um, you know talked about that phenomenon on social media, I when I lived in the UK, I remember I, I um, at that time had a partner who worked in media, and he would always challenge anyone who at the, in that place you could choose to read um, a newspaper that totally reinforced your views because there was at least a range of options over there that catered for every political persuasion and I think that's almost probably the the older school version of what we do in in social media Uh, if you choose to only read the opinions that reinforce your opinions then you you do have this view that everyone thinks the way that you do so so Um, so you have to be pretty proactive about that it's easy for uh, easier for us though if you knock on doors if you um, you get around the country 
you knock on, you yeah, just, then yeah. oh, you 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 do have a pretty good sense of where people's heads are at. Are, are you conscious of this though? You know, job job number one is to represent, right? So not just represent people who are like you yeah, or who, or who like you. In, in your media choices and habits, you know, beyond knocking on doors, yeah. are, you, are you conscious of, of, of going beyond the things that you think you'll like? Yeah, how, how do you, yeah do because you there's something discipline? in there about self-preservation as well. Do you read, so, do you read whale oil? No, no, Ooh. no, I don't. Oh. No, no, and, and that for me is a little bit about, in the, you know, making sure I don't reinforce bad behaviour. <laughs> Um, but there's also self-preservation in that. You know, there's yeah. a there's a line between making sure that you're hearing other people's views, opinions and ideas and actually not just um, having yourself um, continually exposed to a running um, script of mean tweets. So, you know? let's, so let's, there's, there's, a, there's a balance. Let's talk about that self-preservation thing. Mm. And the, the funny thing is the, the first time I really struck this in, in conversation with a politician was with Judith Collins mm. and, you know, who's famously tough. But, yes, uh, but still a human. Still a human. And, you know, when I said I was going to have Judith Collins on the show, um, people said, oh, ask her why she blocks so many people on Twitter. And, and blocking mm. means, uh, yeah. you you know, click a box and, and you can no longer see them mm. and they can no longer interact with you. And she said because it was just too hurtful. You know, she just, mm. just couldn't, she wanted to engage with people online but couldn't. As a, as a person, as human beings, stand yeah. the, the, the abuse, which was a real insight, you know, yeah. and, and, and at, at odds with her public persona. I guess the, the paradox is we want our politicians to be empathetic mm. and understanding and sensitive and not tyrants, yet we... We, we won't we, always we, treat them we, like we, that, we Don't though. always treat them yeah. like that. So how do, you, how do you deal with that? Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you've got, got two targets on you. Firstly, you're a woman on social media. Mm. Second, you're a politician. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and you, you know, you do feel that sometimes. I think probably, um, you know, the message that I give to people is, yeah, social media is a great tool to, to really have a genuine direct interaction with a politician. But do remember, when you write that comment, it's the equivalent of sending them a text message, really, because we may make an assumption that people don't see these things, sometimes, yeah, we'll miss it. We won't see absolutely everything, but we see mm. a lot more than mm. you'd probably think. Um, and uh, and so if you think about maybe, uh, would I write this in a direct message to their phone? <laughs> um, maybe if you're on that, and you know, some people would. Some people would, would say that a thousand times over. If there's any form of social media that I tend to dip out of, if things are a bit rough or I need a bit of time out, it's Twitter. I find that that particular forum, um, 140 characters of brutality sometimes. Uh, and, yeah, I found it really interesting seeing Ed Sheeran um, this week talking about having dipped out of Twitter mm. because he found it a really hard forum. And and I, I get that, yeah. But, but people famously, you know, often will, will um, you know, quit Twitter and then they'll, they'll come back. They'll come back to something yes. alluring about it. You know, um, Stephen Fry yeah. is, a, is a very high-profile example, you know, yeah. and he quite eloquently as, as everything he does um, you know quit Twitter some years ago after he'd been working in Wellington I think and well maybe when, that's when why when he famously complained about our, yeah. um, our broadband but, but, but now he's back and interacting mm. and, and, and yeah. you know getting you know, um, you know benefiting from the community so as, as, a, as a, a, a politician as a party deputy leader and um, you know member, member of parliament mm. what do you learn from people by 
uh, interacting online or is it just them asking stuff of you and demanding stuff of you and telling you stuff? Or Yeah, it gives you a real, I mean, because you, you can slave away at these policy announcements, right, and spend a lot of time getting into the detail and you'll have an assumption about the kind of thing amongst everything that you've said that's going to cut through. Um, what social media does is give me an instant insight into the stuff that's, that has cut through, what people have heard, what people, their, their takeout points from what we've done and you know, that's enormously helpful. Um, does, does it really influence you? Does it change your mind? Because I, I, I wonder sometimes if minds are ever changed on social media or we just yeah. talk about our own position. Yeah, do you know what? Actually, yes. Yeah, yeah, minds, uh, minds can be changed, I think. Or, or you can have something much more strongly reinforced. So um, if, for instance, I see a massive reaction to... A particular piece, something that's come up in the news. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example. When when the issue of water bottling first started emerging, the first that I, time that I could see that this was really resonating as a massive was on social media. Mm-hmm. It then followed that it started coming up in public meetings a lot that we weren't instigating, but it was coming up a lot. But the first time I really got a glimpse of the strength of feeling was, was, when, it- was when I saw it on social. And so for me, I thought I agreed with everyone, but I wouldn't perhaps have picked up the strength the feeling around it had how, I not how seen much it. of a, a priority it was Absolutely. of course the flip side of that though and you know perhaps we've seen that in the states is is if, if i want to you know influence policy or influence the platforms parties are standing on i can employ my my army of you know russian facebook bots and and make it appear to you that everyone is caring about you know bottled water or yeah. or, or whatever the issue is yeah is, is that is, is the idea of of popular opinion being faked online, which happens. Does, mm. it, does it come into your mind? No, no, it doesn't actually. I think maybe, um, maybe it's because you know, still, still, I'm, I'm still seeing a, a range of people that I, I know of their connect. You know, it's, you know it's still, trust. it's a New Zealand community, right? Yeah. And you can see that even if you don't know that person, you know five of the people they know, and so there's still an element of that. Um, but I'd have to say that when it comes to getting a real sense of people really, really caring about an issue, it's still when someone takes the time to sit down and specifically write to you about it. Um, by over and by above, write to, what do you mean? Oh, either, either, you know, chuck your Facebook, direct Facebook message or, or send you an email. Um, or some people still snail mail you. But, but if I see someone has taken the time to sit down and write me it, a letter about an it, issue... It'll, um, it'll, it'll get your attention. It gets my attention. Hey, talking to uh, Labour Party Deputy Leader just Cinder Ardern about life, politics and social media. Back soon. Sunday Social. And welcome back to Sunday Social. I'm Vaughan Davis and with me in the studio, the Deputy Leader of the Labour Party, Jacinda Ardern. Welcome back. Thank you. Now, last time we spoke on air, you were a Labour List MP based in Auckland Central. Now you're the Deputy Leader. You were on social media then. You're on social media now. What's the difference? Yeah, good question. Um, I'm probably um, noticing that there's actually a, a online community that that really mirrors um, the community that I live in. So um, the Mount Albert community pages on Facebook are really, really active. Um, and so certainly now if I want to see issues that people are worried about locally or um, even where someone's got their own personal inorganic rubbish collection going on. You know, that's that's a place I, I see it first. And uh, that, that has certainly existed before, but I feel probably a greater part of that now that I'm entrenched there. I suppose it's interesting because, you know, even though you're all, well, no, all, all the electorate MPs represent electorates, you're most of your time in Wellington. So this idea of, 
using those Facebook community groups yeah. to know minute by minute, yeah. you know, when you're in your lonely Wellington yes. flat, what, what's what's going on it's, back absolutely. home? Absolutely. It's a point of connection. And in real time, you know, um, I, I knew that um, uh, a redevelopment was operating outside of their consented hours on Facebook well before I saw that it was picked up in the media. Um, th- how then I'm able to engage with that is a slightly different story, though. I'm really careful the, around making sure that I follow the parameters of those communities. They don't want them to be overly politicised. Um, they want to be able to maintain, you know, certain kind of, you know, levels of discussion that don't that don't become polarising. So mm-hmm. um, I try and make sure I keep it to purely information that's yeah, useful. Yeah, because, you know, as, as a list MP, you can speak your mind, I guess, to a greater degree than when you're a deputy leader because you say something and go, wow, is that policy? Since when was that policy? You know, this <laughs> well, must actually, have happened. Well, actually, it's more... Actually, I haven't found that... Uh, uh, that side of things too difficult at all it's more that um uh, and one thing that i've noticed that i didn't think would be the case is that uh, as an elected member of parliament even though functionally as a listing p and an electorate mp functionally you can do all of the same things i feel far less politicized now um people are less worried about right, because you're you're elected yeah, as, kind the, of as a person yeah kind of yeah. as a person you don't need to worry about whether you're upsetting anyone that you're there you're the local mp you're meant to be there when you're a list mp um people treat you as a much more political beast and so i've noticed that um but i'm still very careful in that online space if people have rules about the forums not being political i i try very hard to make sure i'm not political in those spaces because because they've set up their rules for their community and then we should stick to that. So Facebook is one way you connect with folks. Uh, Twitter you seem to be using less yes. than you ever did. Yes. Uh, and I keep an... I, I actively look at Twitter. Great um, news source. So, yeah. Finger yeah. on the pulse. Yeah, but I, but I don't post on it as much. Why is that? Um, yeah, I get trolled a bit on there. Uh, and I never like blocking people. So I know if I block people, I could probably weed some of that, that yeah, trolling same, out. Same. But I just don't like doing that. And so um, I almost feel like if you're going to be in there, you need to be in there boots and all. And I haven't really committed to it as much as I probably need to. But I do, I am on there, I am watching, I am I've got, I, have a fe- I have a feeling it's best days are behind it, you know. And, mm. and, and I was the biggest fan of Twitter in the world. Um, yeah. But, oh, uh, gosh, I, yeah. When I, when it, I was right in there as well. But now um, I feel like I have, you know, more meaningful conversations on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I find Instagram like uplifting as yeah, that, a form of that, social that, media. That was interesting. I so, use it a lot. So News, News Hub reported earlier this week that uh, I think you're the number number two, the number yeah. two uh, followed person or politician on uh, Instagram. Still doesn't say much. <laughs> in, 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 in New Zealand. Still yeah. relative. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if that translates to seats in the house. But, yes, um, no. And I, I had a bit of a look through there. Hardly any coffee and food. The, very few kittens. Um, yes. But there was a kitten. There's my cat, to be fair. And to be fair, this I, the, the Nikki I have, Cage, Jacinda Ardern I have cat posted wars. about my cat three times. I'm very careful. And she about, posts about her cat constantly. I try not to overcat. You don't want to even over-cat. though I have a I have a cat with 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 opposable thumbs. So I think that deserves posting. But. That's that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah. But but what 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 is the role then mm. of Instagram for you? I mean, I know it's really popular, more popular with some people than Facebook, particularly younger people. Yeah. Um, what's what's its role for you? Um, you know, I think probably if I were to give a summary, it's this is what it's like to be a, to be a politician. That's try what I try and do. It's almost it's an, uh, it's an uh, active day in the life of an insight. Yeah, so you know, boarding, here I am. Flight, on, flight delays and boarding passes and well, yeah, and, and pro- probably try not to do that at, t- too much because it would just be full of 
boring boarding passes. But, but yeah, just an insight into and what it is that we do with our time. I mean, I think we've got this this degree to which we're, of course, accountable to the public. They want to know what we're up to and what we're, how we're spending our days. And I think we can make that interesting too because our jobs are interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how I kind of treat treat Instagram. So one, one of the characteristics of Instagram compared to Twitter and Facebook is that it has a more engaged um, younger audience, mm. which is a really important thing coming up to this election and every election where young people are less and less likely to vote. Yeah. As a, as a, as, as, well, just as a, a younger MP, as a, as a deputy party leader and just as a New Zealander, what, what, what are your takes on that and mm. what, are you, what are your plans for turning that around? Yeah. In fact, I went to a forum yesterday of just young professionals and this issue came up, you know, what are you going to, what are you going to do to, to make sure that people of our age and demographic engage, you know, ultimately my plea to them is there are a huge range of issues that if we don't solve are going to be an ongoing, that you will bear the brunt of, mm-hmm. you know, everything from climate change to housing to the long-term debt that people face in education um, and all of that is within their power to change all of that if they choose to use the power of their vote i think the problem is though that there's this view um, that these are things that just happen that somehow politicians don't have that level of power and even they did they wouldn't do anything different so, so um, thing, things like economic inequality or water yeah, quality or things are, are ine- inevitable and enormous and yeah, and and surely me making a casting one vote isn't going to make a difference a in the first place and b if it did i don't actually believe politicians would do anything so some of that's on us some of that's a trust issue some of that's people's confidence in the system Mm. and there are multiple surveys now to show that that's declining in new zealand and we should be worried about that Mm -hmm. um but having those chance that chance face to face to really say well actually we do have some of those things are absolutely top of our mind. And if we just have that number of young people, the equivalent of Hamilton, who chose not to show up and vote, under 24-year-olds last election, if they just showed up, that could change everything. One of the big changes in politics, perhaps in the last 50 years, has been the degree to which a politician also needs to be a media personality. Mm. And... Maybe 10, 15 years ago, that just meant, I don't know, you got coached by Brian Edwards, turned up and did a good yes. job, you know, once a week. But but now it means you've, you've got to take a, a compelling selfie or, or post a, you know, video of you yeah. running up the hill or making spaghetti or whatever yeah. every other day. The people you work with every day, you know, both on, on both sides of the house... Uh, are they struggling with that? Yeah. You know, especially I, the older ones? I have kind of a strong view on this. I, I, there's nothing wrong with wanting to know who your politicians are and mm-hmm. having a sense of their values. And actually that matters. But what if they're ugly and speak funny? Yeah. Even, even if they're that awesome. That does not matter. Yeah, but you know? it does matter. Yeah. Well, t- you, know, you know it does matter. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, if you... If you if you speak funny to them, actually, maybe people will just see that as personality. I can't. Yeah. I actually can't predict who it is that res- will resonate with the public and who doesn't. You know, it's sometimes I'm surprised mm. at who really manages cut through. Um, but yes, people want to get to know their politicians, and that's good um, because you want to know how they're going to react in a, a situation where it requires gut instinct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so, so not not edited, not recorded And that's fine. When that, when who they are and their quirks and their foibles become more important 
than what they'll do mm. and what they're planning to do, that's that's when I think it's problematic. And we're we're really in a, a space right now where that feels like that's being prioritised more. Is that entirely new? Part of me used to think that it was, but I'm just reading um the diary of Norman the diaries of Norman Kirk at the moment, which mm. was written by his his private secretary. Super interesting, you know. She's in 1971 writing about how terribly Kirk presents himself on television and now how he needs media training because no personality is coming through and who's going to vote for him because they won't like him. Mm. So perhaps this is something that politicians have grappled with for a lot longer than we probably acknowledge. Well, you've got another few months of uh, grappling ahead of you. Best of luck uh, in September. Jacinda Ardern, thank you so much for joining me thank on you. Sunday Social. Nice to chat. Hey, and uh, the, the more observant among you would have guessed that uh, that was actually recorded about just over a week ago, which was uh, was kind of timely, kind of timely, kind of not, because, uh, well, she's not the deputy leader anymore, is she? I was talking Mr. Brislin, Mr. Paul Brislin, who's uh, joining me for the second half of the show, is in the house already, and, and we were sort of chatting about that. We're you know, imagining 10 years down the down the track. Ah, Ms. Um, Ardern, I'm just looking at your CV, and um, I see here you're deputy leader of the Labour Party. Yes. Only for four months now. That's not very long, is it? No. So you've got to you've got to you've got to think these things through because you don't want you don't want little short things on your CV. You don't want little short things on your CV. After the break, Mr. Paul Brisbane with the latest news from the internet. Back soon. It's Sunday Social. Sunday Social on Vaughan Davis joining me for the second half of the show right through to the beginning of the weekend variety wireless Mr Paul Brislin Paul welcome Kia how are you I'm so well I'm so well you could lower a bucket into me and bring up water Oh look I wish little, little Jimmy fabulous. little Jimmy could get <laughs> stuck down me and, and and Lassie would have to come and save the day I'm totally as well. it were So <clears throat> um, the music we were listening to of course you know it and I know it but not everyone might know it No um, is a, a version of the classic Bach tune, Sheep May Safely Graze. But you would have picked up there's something something a little bit different about that. Usually a, a it's little... a, performed by an orchestra or perhaps <laughs> a, a quartet, but not this time. No, no, this this sounded a little bit um, a little bit sort of Nintendo, uh, dare I say. You are so close. So this is, uh, I, lo- I love this, this is uh, a band, a US, I guess you can call them a band, 8-bit weapon. Eight bit, so 8-bit refers to processing power in a, in a computer. So yeah, very, long, very long time ago. Um, have released a dozen albums entirely based on the idea of taking the music chips or the sound chips from old school computers and um, composing or you know arranging arranging classical tunes. So this one, is from, this one is from the Apple IIe, which uh, they reckon was the worst. Uh, the worst sound chip <laughs> of its time. <laughs> clearly, clearly, Steve Jobs didn't, or Steve didn't, Wozniak, didn't, yeah, did not a lot. care for music. No, no. What was your first computer? What was my first yeah. ever computer, personally? Well, I was, uh, I, I got a 286, I think, a 286. Oh, oh, 286 when I was in the Air Force. My goodness, I can yes. do better than that. I had a Sinclair ZX81. Oh, I dreamed of having a, a Sinclair a black, ZX81. A black slab of plastic with 1K of memory. No, I had, a friend, no I had a friend, do anything. had a friend up the road. He was, he was, he was rich. They had a VCR. Top, they had a top-loading VCR. 
Uh, and, Must have been a Sony. And his 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 dad brought him home a uh, Commodore 64 with a tape drive. Oh, yeah. Now, my dad brought home a Commodore 64. It was an SX-64. It was a portable one. This thing was like a suitcase full of plutonium bricks. It was that heavy. It was a luggable. And the screen on it was basically... It was probably smaller than my cell phone now, I think about it. Uh, and it had a keyboard that clipped off the front of the beast. And But the weight of it, it would take two fit men to carry the goddamn thing. Golden days. And that, that's why you the youth today, today are so weak. They are. The computers they don't aren't have heavy enough. Anything. They don't have yeah. the, the heavy lifting. That's right. Hey, um, speaking of heavy, you've had some heavy news in your digital life. And uh, things have not all gone well in the land of uh, paul at brislin.com. Well, <laughs> whatever the address <laughs> yeah. is. Have I just given away some yeah, no, secret no, no, information? Thank, thank the gods. That's not quite the one. Uh, yes, yeah, somebody tried to hijack my email account. So I... Um, uh, I noticed that I wasn't getting any email uh, arriving to my work account. Um, and I thought, well, this is very odd. It's been very quiet. It's odd because I'm a very popular man. Perhaps a I'm in demand. I, I do get a lot of spam and, I get, and I'm signed up, but nothing was coming through. So I, um, I did all the usual sort of random things you do. I checked with various people and my service is provided by Google. So uh, when you pay in Google, there is a phone number you can ring, uh, which is sadly not 0800 Google, but very similar. And so you ring them and they say, look, let's have a go through. And they talk you through all of the, um, uh, the setup. And we discovered that somebody had put in a, um, a, a filter on all my emails that sent all incoming f- emails straight to the trash. Who would do such a thing? Well, this is it. This was, uh, and she said, have you had any daughter, trouble with... No, no. She said, have you had any trouble with um, uh, somebody else using your account lately? And I said, well, I did get an alert because a friend of mine sent me a, uh, an email with, um, please open this attachment and sign the attached documents. Now, I get a lot of emails like Which this. Which is a spam. Well, well it's this one, it was nasty because it set off all the alerts on my computer. Uh, and um, the first thing it, it says is somebody's now trying to access your account from Nigeria. Uh, would you like to allow them? And I said, I would not. I would like to lock them out. Thank you. So uh, I changed all my passwords, did everything you're supposed to do uh, and locked them out. But in the process, apparently what these rat bags will do, the first thing they do is they divert all your incoming email to the, your trash filter, uh, trash folder so that you never notice when people are emailing you going, uh, Vaughn, uh, about that email you sent me, is this, um, is this right. a kosher thing? So, so what yes. can we do to protect ourselves well, against I'm such glad shenanigans? You Two-factor authentication is your friend. I'm sure it's less boring and more important than it sounds. It, it, it is on both counts. So what you do is you download... Um, there are two ways of doing it. This is basically like when you go to the bank and uh, you use your online banking app and you want to transfer some money. It says, Let, we'll send you a text yep, to make sure yep, you're yep, you. Yep, yep, so yep. that's perfectly... That's it in a nutshell. There are very many ways of doing it. Uh, if you're using Gmail um, for your email, download the Google Authenticator app and hook it up to your... Google um, Authenticator! And what it does, beautifully, is it gives you a six-digit number, and it's just on a little timer, and every 10 to 20 seconds it gives you a whole new number. It synchronises that with your account. Right, and so, so, so no, it knows you are you, exactly. and, and there you go. You and can, you're safe. And easy, your email easy. is back to 
square one. Don't be like Paul. Get Google Authenticator. Two-factor authentication now. Go and switch it on now. Oh, no, wait for the ad break. Oh, no, no, you can't do that. Wait till Graham's show and then go and do it. And do it go do and it. switch it on as soon as possible. Do it when you're dead. Hey, Norway. Norway. I like Norway. Um, I don't know why. It's just got it's got sort of a, this abstract, faraway appeal to it. Norway more than Sweden? Uh, yeah. Oh, Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. Hmm. Um, I think I, was, I overdosed on ABBA as a child. Oh, it could be it. Um, Norway, well, specifically Norwegian state radio. So I, I'm, I'm happy to talk about this because I don't feel like it competes with Radio Live, chiefly because they broadcast solely in Norwegian. Norwegian <laughs> state radio. <laughs> Where are you going with no, this? No, no, Norwegian state radio <laughs> has done this amazing thing with the comments section of oh, their yes. website, oh. which is also in Norwegian. They force you to pass a multi-choice quiz. It's just three questions. You've got to get it right, though, before you're allowed to comment on stories. Genius. Whatever whatever the, the Norwegian word for genius is, yeah, yeah. it's that. Uh, I think but it's, it's good because it requires you to actually think before you just jump into the comments. It requires you to have read the story. Well, rather than just the headline, going just too the headline, far, really. the picture, and then... That's, yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, yes, yes. Oh, uh, anything to see? I argued for years and years and years that we should have comments on the bottom of news stories at the computer at the newspaper I worked at, Computer World. And then when we got them, uh, I just argued to have them switched off. The things oh, people will I say. I know, I know. They say they say they say the bad things. They say the bad things and they say the ugly things. But I don't know. I, I, I like I like the comments section. Yeah, I like a good, well-informed comment section. And there are a few websites which you know by one means or another encourage and enable that and i think uh, norwegian state radio by giving you a quiz to see if you've understood the story before you comment on it yeah yeah i think that's just a little bit of scandinavian ingenuity oh that Ooh. rolls Ooh, off a bit of ingenuity Scan- bit of scandinavian scandinavity it's a little bit of scandinavity <laughs> right there so long as they don't ask you what the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow is i think we'll be okay it's not that sort of quiz oh okay um, you don't get thrown off a bridge. Hey, last thing I want to talk about before we uh, we go to the aforementioned break is a website uh, you might not have heard of, but uh, I think is a really important part of the internet, and I know you do too, yes. Paul. Um, Snopes.com, S-N-O-P-E-S.com. Let's let's talk about what it is, and then we'll then we'll describe what's happened yeah, to Snopes it. Yeah, Snopes is the place you go when somebody says, did you know that um, uh, uh, vaccines cause autism? You can go to Snopes.com and type in, do vaccines give you autism? And it will come up with all of the rebuttals and all of the actual facts associated with that argument. And quite often you find people, especially on I find on Facebook, come up with the most outrageously stupid comments and they absolutely believe them because they read them on the internet. Snopes is a great place because to they read them that. on the internet. They yeah. write them on the internet, they do. And, and that becomes fact eventually. Self-fulfilling prophecy. That's yeah. right. That's so, right. So Snopes has been a great way of debunking this because it's done all the research for you. So you can say, look, uh, what? Tell me about cell phones and cancer. Tell me about autism. Tell me about whatever. And there it is. There'll be a page on it, and you can reference it and refer people to it. So it feels like it's been going forever. So it's probably only been going five years or so. But that's right. Snopes, Snopes.com is in the shtuk. It is, in, it is, and it's, it's all down to a very, well, I don't actually know where it's at at the moment. It's a very messy uh, personal um, case between the owners, husband Which, and wife Who team. were a husband yes. and wife. Yes, uh, ex, ex, so it's, it's become marital um, abuse property, uh, and so uh, I believe she apparently has sold her half of the company to a bunch of rat bags. They're now doing something he doesn't like. He's asked for money to help defend the thing, but has spent it all on 
booze and pills and hookers and uh, well, it's all just getting very well, messy. Well, literally, literally, uh, you know, reportedly married, married an escort. Well, it's just, it is... It I is, don't know whether that makes her cheaper or more expensive no, going, going yeah, forward. No, no, I'd have to run the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so they run, so Snopes, so there's a real internet crossover story here. Snopes is running a crowdfunding campaign on US site GoFundMe after half a million dollars for legal fees. Uh, the... They've got 686,000 in the yeah, bank so far. Yeah, that's so not surprising. People are clearly willing to look past the controversy because they uh, they believe in this Snopes site and uh, and what it does. So uh, hopefully it'll be it'll be Snopesing uh, as for, for as healthily as ever. Oh, I think so. Look, I'd, I'd like to see um, Facebook and Google probably um, fund it because this is exactly the sort of thing that you need to help debunk some of this madness. Uh, that is going on in the States at the moment where people throw accusations backwards and forwards, have no proof of it whatsoever. These guys are very, very um, uh, fact-based and numbers-based and they, they, um, they help you out of a uh, tricky situation. Good luck to them. Hey, after the break, the, uh, the apps, websites and all sorts of uh, digital jiggery-pokery you need to get you through the week ahead. Back soon. It's Sunday Social, an hour dedicated to social media with Vaughan Davis. Be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Welcome back to Sunday Social Countdown, the 10 minutes to 8 o'clock, where Graham Hill kicks off the weekend variety wireless. Paul Brislin back in the studio with me. Hey, Paul. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay, you tell me why. Because um, through through circumstance and sheer determination, and, sure. and I suppose disregard of family life, um, I've, I've flown my airplane for four of the last five days. That's pretty good going. Do you know what that means, though? That means you get a gold sticker on your sticker chart? Oh, yeah, good point. I should get a sticker, a bit of sticker chart and, <laughs> some, and some gold stickers. That's no, right. What that means is yeah. every time I land, if, I, if I'm lucky enough to land at my home airfield uh, on Auckland's North Shore, yes. I have an excuse to drive ah. past an award-winning pie shop, mm, Dairy Flat Bakery, gold pies. potato top, gold steak, gold fruit. Mm-hmm. See, every time I go to um, that particular shop, it's run out of pies. Oh, is that because you've been through? It probably is. Who had all the pies? Me. Yep. Well, now here's the thing. You're probably sitting at home going, "Well, I don't, I don't live near Dairy Flat Airfield, and and where do I find an award-winning pie? Because you you will have seen that That's last right. week, Bakel's um, announced the winners of the Supreme Pie Awards, which is pretty much the the, the tippy top of the the, uh, the culinary the pie pyramid. Well, in fact, in in America, they they describe the Oscars as, as the Supreme Pie Awards of movies. That's the other way around. Yeah, yeah. But, but the question is, I've got this list. I've, I've got a vague idea of where the winners are, but how do I find them? Solution, the internet. Naturally, the solution to, the cause of and solution to all your problems. Yeah. Did you did you know about this this feature before? before? I did not. This is really cool. I'm having a great deal of fun. This is, um, this is uh, Google My Maps. Google My Maps. Which is fantastic. You can build your own maps of anything you like. So places that you have been sick in the car or um, Which may, old may actually relate to the, the map could, of the pie shops. That's, we, you could probably map the two on top of each other, couldn't you? It is fantastic. I am currently, um, I'd like to help you out with your show, Vaughan, but I am currently looking at Bigfoot and UFO sightings. Uh, there was a Bigfoot sighting in Australia, which I'm going to disregard. Um, the hotbed of Bigfoot sightings, uh, can you guess where in the States that would be? Uh, I, 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 I was going to go for Canada, like Saskatchewan. Oh, you would think, wouldn't you? You'd think somewhere snowy and mountainous. No, yeah. Kentucky. Get out. The place is full of them. 
It's it's like it's overrun with big feet. I've got I've got a, I've got a well big is it big feet or big foots? Bigs foot. Bigs foot. I, I think it's feet. The feet, plural. Large feet. Yes. Large feet. So anyway, a, a fellow on the uh, on on Twitter by it goes by the name of at Sir WB. I, I don't know him. He's one of these people I've I've, I've tweeted to him for he years, chatted, but no idea. Who he <laughs> he went to the effort using Google My Maps of mapping every single award-winning bakery I'm gonna on, on the map of New Zealand together with the category because it's about. 15 categories of pie that you can win in and whether it's gold, silver or bronze. And, uh, I mean, go look at it. Just, you know, to find it, just Google um, Google My Maps 2017 Pie Awards and you'll find it. But boy, oh boy, the news is not good for the South Island. If you're looking for a reason to leave the South Island and come north... We want you. We Bold. want you here and, yep. we've got, and we've got pies for you because apart from, you know, one... Godforsaken award in Dunedin, which is bacon and egg, which is not a pie anyway, uh, and one in Christchurch for cafe gourmet category. What the hell is that? No pies in the South Island. So no Google Google my maps. You can get lost in there. You well, can. You, you, you wouldn't because it's maps. Well, no, I think you would. I think you'd. you'd um, oh my goodness! Now I'm down the rabbit hole. No, stop. I'll 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 rabbit hole later. I'm going to make a map. I'm going to make a map. What are you going to make a map of? I don't know. Places I have flown to eat pies. Not sure. No, no, yeah. it's, it's already yeah. been done. It's already been done. It's already been done. Hey, the other, the other real rabbit hole website, and this sort of follows on from my chat with Jacinda earlier on. And yes, Texas, I know she is now the leader of the Labour Party. <laughs> A week learn, ago, yeah. when I did the interview, because sometimes on Radio Live we pre-record things, she was not. Okay, so just adjusting, you know. Eddie's in the space-time Is he? He is. Is he okay? He is. He's got a couch, so it's okay. So here's another really interesting and very timely website. This one is called isidewith.com. So who do I side with? Yes. What am I... What, who's uh, political values most align with my own? So at the website newzealand.isidewith.com, it's a quite a neat quiz that... that, that asks you a bucket load, admittedly, mm. so it's quite thorough, of questions about issues of the day and then spits out the, uh, a, a sort of interesting answer. You, you did the quiz. I, I did, did the it on the, on, the, on the way in, and I was quite surprised. So having gone through all these, um, do you think New Zealand should spend more or less on defence? and Do, how many, do you, you support same-sex marriage? All that kind of stuff. Should and the I'm death penalty away. be reinstated? And it's quite nice because it lets you say yes, no, or put in your own answer, which is quite interesting. So it grows. And it does. And also um, how much of an issue this is for you. Um, so it's got a whole raft of questions like that. Uh, I apparently uh, side with the Green Party, 81%. However... 81%. 81%. 79% of me, however, uh, sides with the Opportunities Party. And then down go. the slippery slope to the very bottom where I find um, I don't agree very much at all, apparently, with the Conservative Party of New Zealand, which is no surprise to me or, I suspect, either of them. So, uh, yeah, but the Greens, I had no idea. And I'm intrigued because quite often we end up looking at polit politics in particular... Uh, we look at for the, the people. people. We look, we at, look the at the people, people, not the policies. We, we look at the people. We go, oh, I like her. Ooh. Or we look at what my, my mother always voted for. Oh, I'll vote with them. That's right. But if, if you really go through this website and go, you know, should laptops be banned on all direct flights to the Middle East? Mm, mm. Yes, no, not sure. What is your stance on abortion? Oh, I'm against it. I'm for it. Whatever it is. At the end, it just quite scientifically and dispassionately says, well, your views most strongly align with this, this party. political party. And, and sometimes it's, it's where it you get a surprise, a surprise that it's, it's yeah. uh, where it's most useful. Me, I, I was just, I sort of had my biases confirmed. It told me 
that I align with the party that I do intend to vote for. Right, happens. which is very good. But the thing that surprised me was the the spread in terms of you know fit wasn't that great between yeah, yeah. Um, between my most aligned and my least aligned. I guess it just goes to show that in New Zealand our political parties really are just not that far apart. No, they do tend to cluster around the centre, don't they? Maybe that's something that will change with this uh, this upcoming election. Maybe it will. So Maybe the web address, so. now, all, all the web addresses and, and links and apps and all that sort of malarkey will be on the uh, on the blog tomorrow, TLDL, too long, didn't listen, uh, radiolive.co.nz under shows and Sunday social. And, of course, you can, uh, you can find a link to the audio as well, all the interviews we've ever done, and they can also be accessed on uh, Apple iTunes as a, as a as a free podcast. Just search Radio Live or Sunday Social or Vaughan Davis or any of those things and uh, and you'll get to it. And the best way to get to it in, uh, in what, a couple of months, Paul, will be on an iPhone 8. Wouldn't that be special? Ooh, wouldn't, wouldn't that, that be, be special? Well, I, yeah, it could not, it might not actually be called the iPhone 8 by then because, of course, this is the 10th anniversary, so we might skip 8 and 9. Has and it just been call it 10 years? 10 years since the iPhone came out. Do you remember the first one you ever saw? I do, I do. And I, uh, I remember being absolutely staggered by the difference between all the other smartphones on the market and this new thing. It was just a complete lack of buttons. And, yeah. of course, that was Steve My Jobs' buttons. big thing. Where's it going? Exactly. Well, the first one I ever saw had a broken screen. Oh, well, see, you know. Terrible. Yeah. So, so, so um, hot reckons. What, so, well, what, yes. What are we uh, anticipating? This is, uh, this is from a couple of developers who have cottoned on to a whole bunch of things that Apple is preparing everybody for. It would appear that the screen on the front of this thing won't have uh, any buttons at all. There'll be no home button. Which is a big move, uh, and because there's no home button, apparently there will be no fingerprint reader underneath it. Now, this is a big move because I use my fingerprint reader every single day, and it's a fabulous piece, piece of kit. But uh, they're replacing it with... Well, the face recognition software, which if it works, will also be totally cool. So when you pick your phone up and look at it, it goes, ah, you're not Vaughn. You can't access all of Vaughn's special photos. Well, Mahi, the, the problem is Mahi Drysdale is going to pick up my phone yeah. and my phone's going to go, oh, Vaughn, oh, Vaughn, Vaughn it's you. Welcome. It's you. Get welcome, him. my friend. I, Get amongst I, it. Yes, quite and, possible. And when's the phone coming out, roughly? Well, uh, roughly? hopefully later this, later in the year. New Zealand, we should see it after Christmas. Something to look forward to. Hey, thank you so much for joining me tonight. My uh, guests, Jacinda Ardern and Paul Brislin in the booth, Mr. Braden and do stick around for Mr. Graham Hill with a weekend variety wireless. I'm Vaughan Davis, 99.